0: everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subran. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. In a context of rising inflation and uncertainty from the Omicron variant, the December meetings of the U.S. Fed and the ECB will be closely watched. In this episode, we dive into what to expect from central banks with Andy Jobst, Global Head of Macroeconomic and Capital Markets Research at Allianz Research. Hello, Andy. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Maria. Thanks for having me.
0: So to start, can you explain for our listeners why the December meetings of the U.S. Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank are particularly important to watch?
1: Yeah. So um, fundamentally, um, uh, in December, we'll we'll see uh, how the market is testing the U.S. Federal Reserve and the ECB on the current policy stance, um, Mm -hmm. given signs of inflation staying high for longer but also in light of uh, the current uncertainty, um, around, you know, the Omicron mutation of the virus. And, um, mm-hmm. given that the current expectations are that inflation, uh, might stay a bit higher, uh, for longer, uh, we anticipate that uh, they might tilt the monetary stance to be to more on the hawkish side. Um, but without fundamentally changing the hiking cycle so uh, as some of the pandemic related one of factors are fading uh, the key question for them is really uh, what what happens now to these underlying inflationary pressures and you know what 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 would the omicron virus really do when it comes to the inflation outlook so um the 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 key issue is whether fed and dcb um uh, will Uh, 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 calibrate their monetary stance to uh, an environment that's inherently uncertain. And at the same time, how they formulate their forward guidance um, uh, on uh, on the uh, withdrawal of accommodative monetary support.
0: Right. So can you talk us through your outlook for inflation? Do you think central banks should be acting on this right now?
1: So we have um, we have three key channels, right? That uh, that are driving current inflationary pressures. We have got those one-off factors, um, largely base effects, what economists call base effects. So given that we had low inflation mm-hmm. uh, last year, uh, that means inflation this year, but technically it will be higher. Then we have energy prices, which yeah. which have soared, and then uh, uh, supply-demand imbalances. We've heard a lot about. Supply chain bottlenecks um, and and obviously those translate into shortages of material materials, mm-hmm. but also we've seen some uh, pressures in labor markets uh, so we we believe those um, uh, uh, supply demand imbalances um, will uh, take a bit longer to unwind um, up until mid 2020. While some of the one factors and also the impact of high energy prices will will clearly um, uh, abate uh, going into next year, mm-hmm. uh, what we see on what we call core inflation, so if you strip out the impact of energy prices in food for the euros and the u s we still see strong catch- up effects underpinning you know demand overall demand and and that's driving a lot of the supply side pressures. So, given that households still have uh, a large amount of disposable income, uh, we expect that, uh, that there's still plenty of cash that could go into the consumption of goods, durable mm-hmm. goods. Um, and that means that you know, if the pandemic disruption drags on for longer, uh, we'd see continuous demand uh, which, uh, for, for, for goods, and that tends to keep inflation. Up um, uh, much longer than you know, demand for services, which um, was initially strong, then you know, gave way to services, and now it might be delayed um, in its comeback if you know mm-hmm. some countries go into partial lockdown. Um, so that's that's kind of our overview. So we, we remain um, um, convinced that the that inflation uh, is temporary. Uh, but it uh, will last uh, longer than uh, initially anticipated.
0: Okay, and as you write in the report, markets seem to think that the central banks are already behind the curve in responding to these current price pressures. Can you tell us more about this?
1: Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Um, we, we 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 do see, and that was very clear in the uh, in the context of the last uh, policy meetings of the Fed and ECB, mm-hmm. that markets. Uh, believe the Fed and ACB are not aggressive enough in light of the current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the long-term inflation expectations by professional forecasters suggest that uh, inflation expectations, um, uh, uh, that inflation uh, will be higher than what we currently learn from uh, uh, the forecasts provided by the central banks. Mm-hmm. Um, the long-term inflation expectations um, in the U.S., uh, based on market prices suggest that uh, inflation will hover at around 3% uh, in 2024. And that's clearly above the price target of uh, the, the U.S. Fed. And in the, in the eurozone, we see a similar development, uh, though less pronounced, where market implied inflation expectations um, are at about 2.3%. Um, uh, in in uh, in two years, two and a half years time, um, and that's higher than the ECB projection of 1.5, uh, and certainly also higher than uh, the price target of two percent uh, set by the ECB. Mm-hmm. So, in overall, we believe if we put it all together, um, that you know this reconciliation between market expectations that are more on the aggressive side, more on the hawkish side. And the current forward guidance mm. um, by the central banks could create some frictions, and that uh, reconciliation could could prove bumpy. Uh, but um, uh, that's exactly the test I met, me, uh, mentioned at the outset. So it really um, mm. puts a premium on uh, credible forward guidance in the December meetings.
0: So tell us more than what you what you expect from the Fed and the ECB. Do you expect any significant announcements at the December meetings?
1: uh indeed uh so uh, uh both the Fed and the ECB will come out with fresh macro projections uh and we mm-hmm. we we think that um, uh, they'll announce um um uh, a forecast that suggests slightly higher inflation but lower growth um especially over the near term and mm-hmm. that might prepare the ground for a uh, a slightly more hawkish monetary stance um uh but that of course assumes that you know we don't see more negative news uh on on the outlook um related to uh the current uh, um um omicron virus uh wave yeah um the right. the ECB and the fed are still uh, of the view that you know the inflation uh, is uh, remains non-structural uh, much like us and um, mm-hmm. at the moment uh, the unfortunate development is that headline news are dominated by uh, those you know in the, those temporary inflationary pressures we believe will abate quite soon in q1 so energy prices mm-hmm. for instance you know it's a very tangible concept yeah for for people but uh, you know the underlying yeah. inflation developments related to supply demand imbalances that's a more difficult to grasp um uh, dynamic And Mm -hmm. and, uh, we believe that the ECB and the Fed are now really um, 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 on the spot uh, to deliver on the monetary stance in a credible way to ensure that current price pressures don't become um, embedded. And if they do, Mm -hmm. then, you know, a broadening of price pressures obviously has the risk that um, they become self-reinforcing. And if they do, uh, then they could raise the prospect of an adverse feedback loop between inflation expectation and wages, and that's why we have our our eyes peeled on you know wage wage developments in both uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the eurozone as well as the US.
0: Okay, and and just to end our conversation, you know, let's look beyond twenty twenty two. What would you say is Going to be the legacy of central banks' you know, massive balance sheet expansion, and you know what is your expectation of how quickly and how high rates could rise?
1: As I mentioned at the outset, uh, the, the, the current virus developments clearly have raised uh, the stakes for credible forward guidance, but we we, mm. we still expect that um, the tightening tightening cycle. So the way, the scale and the duration um, of uh, anticipated. Policy rate increases. Um, that tightening cycle will be less aggressive uh, than suggested by market prices, and will also be remarkably uh, moderate. Um, and let me explain uh, in the context of the US and, and, and the eurozone. Over the US, we think that the hiking cycle is likely to be uh, very shallow and protracted mm-hmm. relative to what we've seen in the past. Um, we we see a terminal rate of about 2% which is exceptionally low um and uh, most recently over the last oh, two weeks or so we've seen that the markets are already pricing in a potential rate cut um in 3 years so uh, it, the, okay. uh, we have we it seems that you know um, there's an expectation that that hiking cycle uh, will be will be very short lived um with uh you know, one rate, one or two rate hikes next year, and then mm. um, three rate hikes uh, uh, in subsequent year uh, before reaching uh, that that uh, a terminal rate consistent with the price stability target. And for the eurozone, um, uh, equally shallow the hiking cycle. Uh, the ECB will start later, right? So well, not the next year, but in you know, in at the end of twenty twenty three. And, and there what's, what's um, notable is that we really won't see any uh, tightening in real terms. Mm-hmm. So if you basically take the difference between the, infl- the interest rates today and the interest rates we, we are bound to see in three years' time and adjusting for the expectation of inflation, uh, then you know at the end of the tightening cycle, in real terms, we will not be much in a different place than where we are today. And that's, um, that's an important development because, uh, that means the ECB, um, uh, at the end of the tightening cycle will not have much policy space to maneuver and, you know, um, adopt a more accommodative stance if, um, a crisis were to happen again and the ECB were to be called to uh, loosen its stance and 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 be more accommodative
0: okay well thank you very much andy speak to you next time
1: thank you very much maria bye-bye
0: that's a wrap for season two of the tomorrow podcast thank you so much for listening we'll be back with brand new episodes after the holiday break you can find the full report we just spoke about on our website we leave a link in the show notes and if you'd like to discover more of our research You can also follow the Ludonomics newsletter on LinkedIn. We leave a link down below for that too. If you like this podcast, please send it to any of your friends who might like it too and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, stay tuned.